It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, Clint Bowling has retired from the National Football League. We'll talk about his career for a few minutes to start the show. Then we get back into the countdown for kickoff. Business as usual on the podcast today. We talked about Clint Bowling and the likely news for his career a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Today on the countdown to kickoff, though, we have a few fun defensive players and Hardy Nickerson. The fun ones... Carl Lawson and Jermaine Pratt to start, and we'll round out with Hardy Nickerson. As always, you can find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and probably other places on the internet too. Joe. Yeah. You broke the news. Everyone's giving you credit. Good job. Thank you. I uh it's terrible news though. It's I mean you did a good job of a hard thing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we, we kind of, I mean, um, yeah, I put it on Twitter, what was it, three weeks ago, June 20-something, and then we did a podcast that night about it, really? which I thought would get more traction than I, than it did, but you know what, that's cool, because I kind of, the way I put it out there was kind of like, yeah, this doesn't sound great, um, something's coming down the pipeline, basically, and here it is. I actually thought it'd be later in the year, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're getting ready to show up for camp, and he's calling it a career. Clint Bowling, done. And he had a great long career in Cincinnati. Eight years, fourth round draft picks, started in 131 out of 133 possible games, I believe was what I saw today. Yeah, that's that makes sense then, since he became a starter, right? Uh, he, uh, did he miss any games for injury? Well, no. His, well, yeah, 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 he did. He hurt his knee the one year, missed a couple games at the end. So that's what um, it was. Those are the two yeah. games he missed. Yeah, since he started his career then. Because if you remember, uh, that rookie year, they lost Bobby Williams. I can't remember who they tried to put at right guard, and then it didn't work. But they put Clint Bowling there the last four or five games. I remember he really struggled at right guard. And people were like, oh, man. And I remember thinking and telling people that. Cause I remember writing about it for Cincy Jungle Land on Twitter. I said it would be like 2012, right? That he's going to be much better at left guard. He's a left guard. He's got to go back to left guard. He can't be playing the point, run, being the guy at the point of attack on these run plays. Uh, pull him, get him in space. He's a technician. He'll be better at left guard. And he started left guard the next year, and that was it for him. And he made a very good career out of, him, out of it. The actual number was 109 of 111 total games started for Clint Bowling in eight years. That's from Paul Daner's Twitter timeline. 
And yeah, Consummate Pro, he did a little farewell video review audio thing with uh, Bengals.com. We're going to play that for you so you can hear his thank you to Bengals fans and a few words from Zach Taylor on his departure. Then we'll hop back into the countdown to kickoff. It was something special. You know, not not every guy gets to play their whole career in one team. Uh, very rarely does that happen. I think uh, to be able to do it was uh, was something special. Um, you know, the team that drafts you, that takes a chance on you, that really gives you an opportunity. Um, you know, it means a lot to, to continue your career there, to, to get the second contract, to get another contract with that team, to kind of for them to take that leap of faith up to you again. Um, you know, it's something that's special. Just really appreciative of the, the eight years he's given this organization. He's had a great career, ton of starts, tons of great memories for him, and um, so special guy. And obviously, we're we're sad to see him go because he was a great player, and, and we value those experienced veteran players. And he's done that so well for a long time. But so happy for them, happy for their family, and he'll get a chance to to move on with the rest of his life, you know, and, and head back to Georgia and watch after those two little girls they got. I just want to say thanks to all the Bengals fans out there. It was a uh, a lot of great support uh, over the last eight years. So there you have it. Clint Bowling, his thank you to Cincinnati fans. Zach Taylor acknowledging the eight great years he gave the team. We wish him well in retirement. I, I don't fault him for his choice at all. A pulmonary embolism is what the reports were today. Nothing to scoff at can definitely be a life-threatening condition. He's got two little girls. Hope he enjoys his retirement back down in Georgia. What does that mean? Do you know? Did you read on it? A pulmonary embolism? Yeah. Yeah, I do know what it is. It's essentially they, it's when an air bubble gets in your bloodstream. Man. And if it gets in the wrong place and ruptures at the wrong time, it can... How do they get it out? Do you know? Uh, I believe that they can do some... I don't, I don't know what exactly the word is. It's that they'll run a tube through your vascular system. I oh, believe great. that's how Oof. they'll handle it. It's giving me chills. Yeah, it's not, it's not pleasant. I can feel the meat in my heels evaporating. Uh, that's weird. Like the bones just touching skin and then hardwood floor. Why? I never. You know what? Never mind. Actually. An embolism could also be a, a clot that moves around. So just so the Twitter oh, okay. doctors don't get on me, it can be yeah. a gas embolism, which would be a bubble of air, or it can be a blood clot, which it sounds like it was a blood clot in his case. They said they found a blood clot in his leg, and it mm-hmm. moved into his lung. Makes sense, based on what I heard. Some of the, what I heard wasn't completely accurate then, but it um, is in the same system. <laughs> Either way, it's a vascular issue. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what I heard. They, they can be life-threatening. Okay, well, good luck to him and his family and his post-playing career. Right. Uh, So, moving on to the regular feature. Yeah, because we're not going to spend too much time because we kind of did this. We kind of did a farewell podcast three weeks ago, right? We did. We talked at length about it. We did, and we we hit Clint Bowling's number in the countdown to kickoff. Must have been two weeks ago, too. It was around the same time. It was like a day before or after. Or maybe it was last week. 65? Uh, oh, yeah, we were in the 70s still when we did it. Yeah. So today we get into Carl Lawson first. The Ooh. standout long arm 
And, and I don't mean that he has long arms necessarily. I mean, his move is he's going to take his left arm and shove it into your chest and you're going to fall on your ass. And then he's going to sack your quarterback because he's stronger than you. He's technically refined on top of a, having a rocked up, chiseled, strong body. I mean, he looks like a Greek god um, in his short frame, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3", two 265. He's got a lot of muscle packed on that body. And, yeah, his move, his his best move is kind of he gives a jab step to the outside as if he's going to run the arc. As soon as he gets that offensive lineman to open up that hip, he comes back in with the post arm inside, left sh- left arm, drives it right into their, their chest or into their shoulder, and he can lift them off the ground. And from there, he's just discarding them and free paths inside to the quarterback. It's just it's a really good move. He can dip around the corner. He can beat you with a with an inside swim. But that is his go-to move, that kind of uh, long-arm bull rush. He can do it a little bit when you talk about turning the corner. He doesn't have that elite flexibility, and if he did, he wouldn't have been the fourth-round right. pick that he was. He would have been a first-round pick if he was if he was able to bend at the it's ankle a setup move. the way that you know Khalil Mack, Von Miller right. can bend at the ankle and do crazy, crazy stuff with that yeah. angle of their body to the ground. But Carl Lawson's been one of the best pass rushers on the Bengals for the last two years. As a rookie, he was the second highest graded pass rusher that was a regular pass rusher for the Bengals behind only Geno Atkins. He was better than Carlos Dunlap in terms of pass rushing only as a rookie. And he was, as a rookie, almost exclusively a pass rusher. They didn't let him on the field in run defense situations, but 59 total pressures. On 389 snaps as a rookie fourth-round pick. That's production. Yeah, his two years combined now. 702 snaps, only 111 versus the run, 573 as a pass rusher. That's pretty much what the elite edge rushers, the top guys, play in one full season. So what we have right now is one full season of production for Carl Lawson being his rookie year and barely a sliver of a sophomore year, right? Okay. And he has a total of 84 pressures in that one year of, of time. And that would lead the league last year. 77 led the league last year. And his 11, his 14 sacks, uh, his 11 sacks, I'm sorry, would rank 14th amongst all uh, the top edge rushers also. That's pretty good. Yeah, two years ago, if you go back to 2017, Von Miller had 83 total pressures on 471 right. snaps. So there you go. Pass rush snaps, yep. Yeah, pass rush snaps specifically. And, and there is room for growth with Carl Lawson. We've talked about this before. He has to prove that he can be a, a rundown player as well. It's less important in today's NFL, but just because it's less important doesn't mean it's not important. So that's an important distinction to make. All these guys that are at the top of the list for good being elite pass rushers, I'm talking Von Miller, Demarcus Lawrence, Khalil Mack, they're also on the field really every good. down. They're out there really good run defending the run as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If anything, he's kind of like a D Ford who led last year with 77 exactly. pressures. Yeah. And whereas he is not a really good run defender. And I think that's part of the reason why the Chiefs were willing to get rid of him, actually, and trade him is because they wanted more of a well-rounded guy. Because I think it's hard to, and the Bengals definitely struggled with this, manage his snaps and make sure you're using them at the optimal time. It was because, also D Ford's best year by a lot. Oh yeah. Before we before we shifted back to Carl Lawson, D Ford was like twice as good as he had been in any previous year. But it's a good it's a good comparison. His last year is pretty comparable to Lawson's yeah. career so far. Yeah, and they're it, also both like six two. 
if Lawson could do that for a full season, though, also, he'd be getting a franchise tag slapped on him also. So I, I think, yeah. um, you know, he'd be getting paid if he did that this year oh, yeah. and stayed healthy. So, yes, I, I do think it's hard, and the Bengals struggled managing, not allowing him. If they b- truly believed he was weak against the run, and I never really noticed him being very – I mean, he was – pass rush focused and I think that was the idea with him and that would get him in trouble in the run game but um if they really believed he was a weak point there and they wanted to keep him off the field on on obvious rundowns that's fine but he needs to prove otherwise and so that it's not an issue where you got to balance his snaps and he can just be out there 90 of the time without worrying about it yeah, because it's got to be a mentality thing too, right? If he's going out there expecting to rush the, rush the passer every down he's out there because those are the situations that he's been put in, well, he's probably not very apt to react to a run, right? He's ready to pin his ears back and go. So that might make yeah. him look a little bit worse than maybe he is as a run defender because he's of how he's being deployed. Right. Uh, a couple other comparables from a production standpoint, Yannick Ngakwe. 6'2", Jacksonville Jaguar, really good pass rusher, right in that same range, high 70s PFF grade, uh, but but doesn't really do it as a run defender. So also has limited exposure in, in run defense. So there's another potential comparable player. In terms of his athletic comparables from his combine numbers, uh, the only one that, that really stands out, Elvis Doomerville, I think it could be. I think, ah. I think Doomerville had a little bit more quick quick twitch to him because he 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 had that spin move right he was more of a finesse guy yeah but he had some power because of the compact build oh yeah you know yeah but but when you think about doomerville you think about the spin right yeah i do wasn't that a nickname he had you're th- are, are you th- well like um i i know i know matt uh free you're thinking of free right no, uh, i'm thinking what's of doomerville. The, the tasmanian devil yeah that's that was freeney's nickname right was it Whose was it? Man. I thought, I thought Doomerville had a nickname too. Yeah, Doomerville was six one though. I remember coming out of Louisville. Oh, they just called him Doom because that's his name. Anyway, yeah, uh, that's that's a comparable based on combine performance, just in terms of height, weight, probably. Um, Doomerville also had a really good bench. Those are the, those are the, those are the points that are similar. PFF had a tweet on Carl Lawson, 23.4% pass rush win rate. So he's winning one out of every four pass rushes, which was second among edge defenders. That, of course, includes a 100% win rate against that one Green Bay backup left tackle. Right. Every single snap, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything here on Carl Lawson in high school? He's a wrestler as well. He was a track athlete in high school. He was an Under Armour High School All-American, and his dad was a fullback at Georgia Tech. Football mm-hmm. bloodlines and on a high school All-American, as many of these guys are. So the questions for Carl yeah. Lawson, and we'll move on here in a second, is he's had two torn ACLs now. Or is it two or three? I think it's two. He had the oh, one in two. 2014, and he, and he tore his ACL last year. So can he come back healthy? That's, that's the question. I think he, the type of player he is workout wise i don't have a i don't have a problem there i just start to worry about the stability and chance of reoccurring injury exactly he's had a lot of injury issues generally in his football playing career he's got some recurrent hip stuff i feel like yeah so you hope he can stay healthy he he is a workout warrior he's proven to be very good at getting himself back in shape and rehab so 
Um, I, I think he'll come back strong this year, but you, you can sometimes see that it takes a year with ACLs too, as we did with Geno Atkins. Yep, and uh, just because Madden ratings came out today, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow, we have someone on to discuss it a little bit, but Carl Lawson got an 81 rating. I was actually surprised that they were um, oh, really? in agreement really here. Yeah, so Geno Atkins, 91, William Jackson, 84, Carlos Dunlap, 82, Carl Lawson, 81. So they uh, they see him as a cornerstone player. That, that's uh, high praise, I would say, for Madden, considering that Jesse Bates is also an 81. And that's yeah. one of our favorite young players on the Bengals. We'll talk about the Madden yeah. ratings tomorrow, though. We're going to take a yeah. quick break, and we'll get back to talk about the first first linebacker, I think, on our list. Yeah, it's got to be. No, no, we had Nick Vigil yesterday. Oh, we had Nick Vigil yesterday. The savior of our linebacker group. The wild card of our linebacker group. Is, is he the most wild card, or is Malik Jefferson the most wild card? Malik Jefferson is definitely more wild. He's got a much wider range of outcomes. And a but he's also and not going to be definition. on the field. <laughs> right. Vigil's going to be on the field, and you will be able to see his wild card range of outcomes. Malik Jefferson doesn't look like he's going to be on the field right now. Anyway, we'll be right back. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And we are back again. Um, Next number on our countdown to kickoff. We did 58, Carl Lawson. Naturally, what comes next? 57. Surprise, if you didn't know your alphabet, it's Jermaine Pratt, the rookie linebacker from NC State. Rookie linebacker from NC State, who in high school played wide receiver and safety, was uh, recruited, I think, to be a safety, but generally was was better reviewed as a college prospect, as just an athlete, and as a linebacker than he was as a safety. So I think there was some idea that he would be able to move to linebacker eventually. And that's what he did. He started out as a safety at NC state was a backup safety as a, as a freshman and a sophomore, then redshirted had a shoulder injury and moved to linebacker. bulked up in his year off, came back in 2017 as a redshirt junior and apparently didn't start a game. Did you know that he didn't start a game? It, as a junior, or what do you mean? As a junior, according to NC State's website, fourth leading tackler, even though he didn't start a game, he rotated in with two senior starters. Interesting. So I'm sure he had a ton of snaps and wasn't technically a starter. They, they right. let their seniors take the first snap of the game. But very interesting that he didn't start a single game it could also I be based on the that. defense, too. I mean, a lot of college defenses are out there with one linebacker now. Yeah. 
So maybe he's not a starter, like you said, but he played. Yeah. He played a lot. He was the leading tackler on NC State's defense, but I just thought that was an interesting note. Definitely. Six, two and a half, 240 pounds. I think he carries it very well. He's very uh, thin in his waist and in his hips. You can see that allows him to move and have some flexibility, even though I would say athletically the stiffness was the thing that was my biggest detractor while watching him and my biggest concern of him. You can see he was a little bit straight line, but not an issue where it's like Ray Maluga out there in coverage. I, I think I was comparing him to other athletes in this class. He's more than good enough. I think his straight line speed, he ran a four five seven at the combine, puts him in the 88th percentile of all linebackers, all draft eligible linebackers. He's fast, straight line fast. Closes, I mean, we watched highlights together, I think, or, or a few games together, Jake, when he was drafted. Him closing speed, especially on some blitzes, was just insane. Yeah. Yeah, the hit power was there, too. That's something that yeah. I really remember. The violent impact was was consistent. And I feel like he had good form doing it, too. He wasn't yeah. dropping his head. He wasn't leading with his head. He just had, yeah, he was a good form tackler, and he hit strong, even in small spaces generates a lot of power and that could be uh, something to do with the way he carries his weight where how he's built how he's put together didn't perform the agility drills at the combine because I think he knew that yes. it wouldn't necessarily go very well for him yes for whatever reason uh, even though he's a former safety I just think he's he's thick in the shoulders thick in the in the in the thighs that just tend, tends to lead of uh, having guys with uh, some poor balance at times when changing direction. And he's somebody that we've really hung our hopes on as being potentially... There's probably some development that needs to happen. As he's, He played his first year as a linebacker last year as a junior, redshirt junior. Yeah. But PFF had him as the ninth best linebacker in the 2019 draft behind notable names such as Sion Takitaki, who is a Brown, Ben Burkirvin, who is a Washington... Uh, Seattle Seahawks, sorry. Yeah. Blake Cashman, who's a New York Jet, and even Tavon Coney, who they had well, as a number undrafted. three backer. I think I think he went down for them a little bit as the process went on. And well, no, this is their final ranking, so I guess he didn't. He Tavon Coney's a guy, and we talked about him a lot in the pre-draft process. Who was in the right spot a lot of the time was Vontez Perfect esque in terms of his good Vontez Perfect esque in terms of. Uh, intelligence and anticipation, but just doesn't have the athleticism. Right. And if he did, then yeah, number three makes a lot of sense for him. So you got to get to plays as much as you have to make plays. Yeah, and I think that'll show up a little bit more in the NFL. Yeah, whereas Pratt, CNN Pratt, they rank him number nine, but he had a ninety point three overall grade, ninety point three run defense grade, uh, tackling grade of ninety point three. Yeah, I mean they they liked him. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. That means he didn't miss tackles. That means he was making run stops and also doing his job on run plays. I, I think that for him, a lot of the grade comes from the run stops. He ranked sixth for them in run stops at 13.7%. Yeah. Uh, was generally, like you said, a very strong run defender. We, do, we, do we have his coverage grade? Well, no, but I have his passer rating and coverage allowed. We talked about it yesterday. About 100 is what to be expected. He had a 96.4. 96.4. That's a rating, not a grade from PFF. Okay. Coverage grade, I just found it on Twitter there, 78.9. So solid in coverage. 33rd out of 180 eligible draft uh, linebackers with 250-plus snaps. So there you go. There's a PFF profile on Jermaine Pratt. I mean, I think you're you're asking him if he gets on the field his rookie year, you're asking him to be your third third linebacker in a base defense to start. Agree. 
But, I mean, if you compare him to... The other third-round guys they have? Nick yeah, Vigil didn't play any. Malik Jefferson didn't, that didn't I, play any. I was thinking Preston Brown. I mean, I think the athleticism there has got to be very similar with an Except for the speed. prep for straight line speed. Yes, 100% I would agree. Athletically, so, they could be very similar, but the speed is a big bonus for Pratt. And, and wasn't, am I recalling correctly that there was really high praise of his intelligence in the draft process, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, you're right. He was calling the huddle and calling the plays. For right, the that's right. And, and at the Senior Bowl, he was the one calling the plays. That's right, how I that's first right. That's what I'm remembering. Because he, he's got that safety background, that yeah, secondary background. That helps. If he can put that together quickly at the NFL and start processing without having to think too hard about it, he could be, he could definitely be an early impact player. But so far, we haven't really gotten that indication from the coaching staff. We don't know who that third linebacker is going to be. That guy's a sub-package player. I could see it being Jordan Evans. I think we're all hoping Malik Jefferson makes some type of headway into the rotation. And I definitely could see Jermaine Pratt winning that job. Yeah. He could. Who who are the other candidates right now? Hardy Nickerson? It's got, yeah, right. It's got to be Curtis right? Akins? No. Sterling Sheffield? Jordan Deshaun Evans? Davis? Right. It's not going to happen. It's, it's Chris Worley? It's not, it's not, I don't think it's coming from those guys. I think it's down to Evans and, and Pratt. I honestly, you know, I think they'll play because those guys, the other guys were hurt last year. Vigil, again, always hurt. And then um, while Preston Brown has always been healthy for Buffalo, 99% of the sla- snaps over his first four years, he was injured very quickly for the Bengals, of course. And so right. if, if an injury takes place, I think we'll see Pratt. I think At the I very think least. Yeah, I think there's a chance for Malik Jefferson, too. Just because sure. if he does have that year two leap in him that we're hoping for, he's in the conversation. He's got to be. But I think that that is an outside chance for him, whereas I feel a little bit better about Jermaine Pratt going out there early yeah yeah it sucks to talk this way about jefferson but i think we'll get to him soon with his numbers coming up yeah he's in the 40s one of those 45. 40 numbered linebackers he's doomed because of that to be honest. I, I think 45 is an okay number though it's just ugly I, I don't mind it michael jordan wore it when he came back yeah okay two three four five who wears 23 for the bengals do you know? Darius Phillips. He sure does. That's impressive. Oh, that's impressive? Woo, check me out. What's up? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought. I was thinking running backs. 13 I, I mean, career I collegiate touchdowns. Where? What's that? 13 career collegiate touchdowns, Darius Phillips. We'll get One is a receiver, a bunch of kick returns, fumble recoveries, interceptions. Save returns. some for 23 days from kickoff, Joe. All right. Sorry. That's <laughs> going to be like the first preseason week. It's going to be probably the second preseason week, right? Whatever. My math isn't my specialty. Yeah, seven days in a week. Used to be. Not anymore. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next player? The best. Used to be math what? is Joe's specialty. It's still seven days in a week. That hasn't changed, just to be clear. Okay, yeah. But We're like, going to I... take a break before we get to the next player. Any other closing thoughts on Jermaine Pratt? God, I hope he's good. Me too. Got to get got to hit on one of these third round right, linebackers. Right, exactly. All right, we'll be right back after this quick break, and we'll talk about an undrafted free agent linebacker. Who did you know his dad played in the NFL? Yes, I knew. Did you know he played for Marvin Lewis? Yeah, I remember him. This is this is a meme, Joe. Oh, you're joking. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about sex. 
Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And here it is, segment three, the part you're all waiting for, as we talk about the guy who has played entirely too much the past two seasons. And maybe that's, uh, what is it called when you do a family friend a favor? There's got to be a nepotism. word. Nepotism. Right? Is it nepotism? Okay. Nepotism, guys. Learn something every day. But that player, and as I'm going through, I type his name, Hardy Nickerson Jr. I type his, his name on Twitter just to re- refresh his size my memory as we're doing this. And... First word, refresh a size. I like it. All right, good. It was on purpose. But anyways, uh, one one tweet that comes up was from me from November 16th of last year. And the the headline is from an article I wrote on The Athletic after a film review. It says, the the headline is, with Preston Brown out, the Bengals cannot turn to Hardy Nickerson again. They need to let the rookie play. This is about Malik Jefferson. And, geez, they did not listen to that, did they? Nope. Nope. No, that's all you got. No, <laughs> I see. I see one of my tweets as well. I responded to a PFF Austin tweet about he was saying, you know, Christian Westerman could come off the bench for the Bengals. Alex Redmond's so bad, and I was like, well, Hardy Nickerson is also their first linebacker off the bench, so I don't know what they're doing. Right? They don't this know how true. to bring guys off the bench. This is, this ended up being very true for the entire season. Hardy Nickerson, man. It's amazing they went into last year with the depth that linebacker they did, right? Sorry, knowing what? it's a need. Knowing it's a need. Yeah. Drafting Jefferson that, were they surprised he was a project? I mean, I think everyone knew it. That's why That's why a guy with that pedigree goes in the third round. So your best backup, Vinny Ray had nothing left. He was out of gas. So your best backup's Hardy Nickerson, and that's okay? Ah. Uh... Can't he had be. he had that one game that was good. Oh, so extend him now. Uh, he played five hundred and thirty-eight snaps for the Bengals last year. I know that is more snaps than Jordan Willis, more snaps than Jordan Evans, 
More snaps than Vontez Perfect. The only linebackers that played more snaps than him, Nick Vigil had 672. And so where's barely. Preston Brown? Brown, I don't think, was uh, that high for Preston Brown only so. had 375. So, Hardy Nixon have the second most snaps at linebacker for the Bengals last year? Oh, he yeah. Did. He was also their second worst graded defensive player <laughs> and by far their worst graded defensive player if you don't count Brandon Wilson's 54 snaps. Right. So, until Nick Vigil got back, so remember Nick Vigil was back for the final quarter of the season, Nickerson was playing all of the snaps, the most snaps on the team was the worst graded defense, one of the worst, if not the worst defender on the team, and the defense was trash. He had nine missed tackles. Are we just piling on here? I really don't want to. But over his career, he's got about 700 snaps so far in his career. I'm just looking at his PFF grades. They're in the 40s. I'm seeing all this red. Good yeah. Lord. His his passer rating when targeted in coverage, he's allowed four touchdowns, doesn't have an interception. His passer rating when targeting him, you want to throw at Hardy Nickerson, you have a 133 quarterback rating. <sighs> you go to a Hall of Fame. You'll be going down as the best quarterback ever if you just targeted Hardy Nickerson every game, every play. Not good. Not good. He did force a fumble. Woo! Got that going. He had 20 defensive stops, which... Is the number? Is the number? <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah, he's allowed eighty-eight point five percent of the targets in his direction to be caught. Ninety percent last year. Yeah, ninety point five. Rounded up, ninety-one. And, Best and we, we, have you looked at preseason? Is there... Oh my god, I clicked on preseason earlier, and it was horrendous. It's it's amazing. He should have made the roster. And not, now, not the and, first year, right? The, 39 overall grade is rookie is rookie preseason. That's staggering. Right. That's bad, bad. And it shows it, up too, right? Like yes. he's he's slow, he doesn't have the agility needed. He's just he doesn't look like he's able to play with the level of athlete that is the average offensive tight end or, or whatever he's guarding in the NFL. And it's not like Deshaun Davis, who they drafted this year, that has a little bit of power and run stop to him. Nickerson at six foot two thirty five, he's listed. I'd bet he's even smaller than that at times. He gets run over. He he misses tackles because he his arms just bounce off the thighs of of the running back. It just I don't know what it, it. They say it's his mental makeup. His father played obviously that those are good qualities. You can use them on special teams. Good, fine, all fine. But that's like your sixth linebacker, not your fourth. Mm. Yeah, linebacker's a, a dark, dark place to look on the roster. I guess he made it last year because he had a couple good games to wrap up the preseason, but the way he played, he never played a full game of snaps. So I feel like he was always making it. Right, like they knew he was making it. Because he's our guy off the bench. He can call the huddle in case something happens. And, and he, he was. Did. He was the first off the bench in multiple positions. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't... uh can't believe that was the plan in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, well, I really don't want to jump on him. I mean, he could make the roster again and be a, a decent sixth, seventh linebacker. I don't have a problem with that. But I hope they're getting much better at this position to the point where he doesn't make the roster. And and it's not that it's just Hardy Nickerson, right? Like, we looked at right. the list of linebackers that we're talking about for this third spot. It's... It's a thin list. We talk about it at, at tackle, too. I mean, they've got the linebackers on the roster, at least. At tackle, there's literally nobody. But at linebacker, we're talking about 
we got Preston Brown and, and Nick Vigil at the top, right? And then the rest of the list is undrafted free agent Curtis Akins, six-round pick Deshaun Davis, undrafted free agent Noah Dawkins, third-year six-round pick Jordan Evans. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, third-round pick in the second year Malik Jefferson, who we need to see something, undrafted third-year player Hardy Nickerson, and undrafted free agent Sterling Sheffield. So none of those guys really have the, the, the pedigree. They weren't selected high. Maybe one of these undrafted free agents hits, right? They usually have one, but yeah. it's, it's kind of been a while too. Who, who was it last year? Was it, was there any notable undrafted free agent Chris, for them last year? At all or at linebacker? At Chris all. Worley was the guy who um, kind of, you know, made the practice squad. I didn't think he was signed by the Ravens for a little bit, but, uh, no, at all. I don't remember who the undrafted guy was last year. It's not that noteworthy. Yeah, I don't remember. Quentin Flowers? Sure. Brad Lundblade? Yeah, we talked about They're him yesterday. Practice squad, guys. I don't think anyone made the roster and, and made an impact. Yeah. Unless I'm completely overlooking. Like, I feel like I'm looking at the roster right now. Jordan Franks? Auden Tate played some snaps. He was a seventh-round seventh round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Erickson is is the most recent undrafted free agent that I see on this list of players that you know has actually played. And that was a few years ago now because he's already been extended. Right. Trey Hopkins, I guess we could talk about. Alex Redman was he an undrafted free agent? He played he was. last year. Yeah, he was. Was was Driscoll drafted? Yes. Late, but late waived. Late. No, third or fourth rounder. Oh. Fourth, I want to say it was. Wow. It was waived after camp. Okay, if, it's like if the Bengals Ryan uh, waived Ryan Finley this uh, this camp, which sounds increasingly like a possibility. I mean, I doubt <laughs> it, but right. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking and I, I'm not seeing Andrew Brown. He didn't really play fifth rounder, anyways. Oh yeah, I, I don't I don't see any recent undrafted free agents that have hit for the Bengals. So it's really kind of been a while. Maybe they're yeah. new. Maybe they're due. Stanley they like Morgan. Four guys. They have four guys at linebacker. Right. That, uh, that are undrafted free there. agents, I think. Yeah. But they did spend a late pick on Deshaun Davis, so maybe he's the last guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the, the four guys, Curtis Akins, Noah Dawkins, Sterling Sheffield. Oh, no, it's only three guys. Those three guys are the, are the undrafted free agents from this year. Yeah. It's not a great list. Or at least, at least they're on the roster. They still need to go sign a left tackle or right tackle. Yeah, a tackle. We went, we went over those tackles. Remember, just to last week or the week before. It's not. It's a. It's a very bleak list. It's just so. It's just so short. Especially but, now that we know that bowling's gone. Yeah, I mean, we've already done all the offensive tackles in the countdown to kickoff. The guys on the on the roster right now that are listed to tackle: Cordy Glenn, Bobby Hart, Kent Perkins. Keaton Sutherland, O'Shea Dugas, tackle guard, and then and then Jonah, but he's he's hurt. So I guess they have one, two, three, four. They have five guys, but bunch of nobodies. Yeah, with a bad starter and someone who's constantly hurt. So that's the negative part of the podcast, I guess. That what that part was the whole the whole segment. Segment three. Segment, <laughs> segment three. three. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, we don't mean to end on a negative note. It's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, we, we actually really like Hardy Nickerson. He's a cool guy. 
Do we have fun facts? His father played 16 seasons in the NFL for four teams, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, and Green Bay. He was a four-time All-Pro. Yeah, he was fantastic. Five-time Pro Bowler. He has a twin sister, Haley, who also attended Cal. Um, Is his dad still a coach at Illinois? I don't know. I thought he was. I think he's a defensive coordinator. Could be. He, he no, he, he resigned in October of 2018. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Hardy Nickerson was a two-way player in high school. He was a running back. He went for 453 yards on 78 rushes and six touchdowns as a senior. He also mm-hmm. played also played defense. Yep, that's all I got on Hardy Nickerson. I've got someone who's got a top 10 Buccaneers list, and Hardy Nickerson is number six on that Buccaneers list. What? Oh. <laughs> Not our Hardy Nickerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The good Hardy Nickerson. There you go. Has a pedigree. Doesn't mean much, does it? Not always. You know, when they um, – here's a trivia for you. When they signed Hardy Nickerson from the practice squad originally, who did they waive? Can I have a hint? Sure. It's somebody that was on his second stint with the Bengals after spending a few years with an AFC West team. Pat Sims? It was Pat Sims. Good job. That was a good too hit. Mu- I gave you too much. That was a good hit. The, the AFC West. I was like, all right, second stint, AFC West, Pat Sims. Right. Because did you go Michael Johnson? No, couldn't have been. Because it could have been Michael Johnson. He was cut and brought back the next day. There aren't a ton of guys that were on their second stint with the Bengals. Right. I thought I could have kept it as that. Bengals. Yeah. And I, I would have probably known it wasn't Michael Johnson. Yeah, it was a very generous hint. Thank you. You're welcome. Got to do what I can. I hope. Well, maybe maybe other people figured it out faster than I did. I'm just going through Twitter's done and with Hardy Nickerson's name stop in there. It. Just stop. It's this like, from from Nick Manchester. Quote: Hardy Nickerson makes me want to draft a middle linebacker at number eleven. This is in December. We were picking eleventh then. Jeez, it stayed that way, didn't it? Yeah, they won a game or something. That, that was the last week though, so it must have been the last game. I, I have some pretty mean Hardy Nickerson tweets out there. Yikes. It's like we read mean tweets. I'd love to see a Bengals edition players read mean tweets. Oh, man. I would have so many. You would hope they wouldn't read yours, though, right? You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely don't want them to read mine. Yeah. Or or <laughs> they could read your tweet from 18th November 2018. Hardy Nickerson strikes on the second play. Both Redmond and Nickerson on the second play of the series. Man, we've been beating this horse too long, I think. I got one more Hardy Nickerson senior here. All right, this guy lists him as the most important free agent in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. Wow. Yeah. He said he changed the losing culture, kept players accountable without number 56 in, ni- in 1993. Is that right? 93, 2012 wouldn't have happened. Because he's at the end of his career then. Well, there you have it. The countdown to kickoff concludes today with Hardy Nickerson. Picks up tomorrow. We'll catch up. I think today is actually number 55. 55 days into kickoff. Until kickoff, I believe. 55. 56. Yeah. One other thing before we go there. His best grades, because we mentioned there's a bunch of 40 grades from PFF. His special team grades the last two years were 63 and 64, with 476 snaps total on special teams last two years. Pretty decent. So a decent special teamer, 
Might have some leadership value. Yeah. Did have that one pretty good game against Denver. Hang your hat on that. So there, I mean, he has put some positive stuff on tape. So I'm positive he shouldn't be starting. Probably shouldn't be starting. We can feel pretty safe about that one. That'll do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. You can go find us on the Himalaya podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, and the Google podcast app. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.